Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you? By worrying can add a single hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There you go. We're going to look at this passage today. We're going to try and dig into it here about Christ and his kingdom. And, uh, but let me just start with this. I don't know about you, but there's nothing more annoying in all the planet when people tell you not to worry. When you're freaking out and you're full of worries and, someone, and then you get those people who think uh, they know better, think they know best, and they just say, don't worry. Uh, I think each of us have worries, don't we? Each of us have things that we struggle about. Our, our, our minds are unique Uh, People don't understand the things that we feel or the worries of our hearts. We are prone to worry. Our worries are not rational. They are not logical. They make little sense. But there's nothing worse than when you share your worries with somebody and they dismiss them out of hand saying, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's not as bad as you think. Or people will say, oh, I don't know why you're worried about that. Of all the things to be worried about, that's not the thing to be worried about. Or, oh, that's not a big deal, is it? Really? You're worried about that? It'll be all right. Have you had that one? This week I had a real worry going on, and someone said, it'll just be all right. Will it ever be all right? It's not going to be all right. How dare you say that? I'm sure it's not as bad as you think. Or, or they'll say, when you begin to share your worries, they'll say something like, oh, well, at least... You've not fallen overboard and been eaten by sharks. Or some kind of comparative just to make you feel, no one's ever said that, I know that. But just some kind of comparative that puts in perspective the worries that you have. It could be worse. You know that one? Oh, you're worried about that? It could be worse. You could have no legs. Thank you so much. 
purple. I remember when I was a lad, um, oh no, that'll be terrible news. I just knocked off all the music. Uh, once when I was a lad on my paper round, I uh, get, jumped off my bike, caught my leg in the brake cable and heard uh, the bones in my leg snap, right? And uh, I'm lying on this, uh, <laughs> lying on this lady's drive who I've, you know, just I've tried to get to her to deliver the paper and I'm like staggering along the kind of like paper in hands, like weeping. And in fact, I'm screaming like, ah, like this. No one comes. And it's before the days of mobile phones. I just do not know what to do. And so I just really curl up in the fetal position on a drive and just like, ooh, the screaming, crying at the top of my voice, hoping to gain some attention. Eventually, eventually the woman who I was delivering the paper to, comes out. And she's in no hurry whatsoever. And she comes over and she says, oh, are you all right, lovey? And I'm like, I've just broken my leg. She says, no, no, I'm sure you haven't. Because she's a doctor. She's a surgeon. Or she's got x-ray eyes that can tell that the bones in my leg haven't just snapped in two. And she's like, don't worry, love. It'll be all right. And I'm like, no, I have broken my leg. Please, can you call an ambulance? She's like, you'll be fine. It'll be okay. No, I have totally snapped my leg. Look at my leg. The leg is snapped in two. And she's like, no, you'll be all right. She said, I'll just pop inside and I'll get you some sweet tea and brandy. I'll be back in a while. I'm 14 years old. I don't want sweet tea and brandy. Ring 999, love, and get me an ambulance. I'm lying on the floor. I'm just, at least sit me up. Like, get me a blanket or something. She's like, sweet tea and brandy will fix you. Well, heck is. I've snapped a leg in two. But, uh, and it went on and it went on. And eventually, she didn't even ring me an ambulance. She rang the paper shop. And I think she probably expressed disappointment that I hadn't reached her letterbox. But um, hey-ho, this is how it goes. And in our passage, you'll hear Jesus say, don't worry. In fact, he doesn't just say it once, he says it six times as he mentioned the word worry. But it's important to understand that when Jesus talks about worry, he isn't my dismissive lady offering sweet tea and brandy to 14-year-olds, we have to understand that Jesus addresses the heart of the issue. Jesus knows us intimately, and he knows us perfectly. And when Jesus says, don't worry, we need to turn our attention to what he's saying and why he's saying it, because he's speaking directly to us. He knows our minds. He knows our hearts. And his teaching is accurate. His teaching is perfect. His teaching is truth. His teaching can be applied to us. His teaching is good news to those of us that are prone to worry. Let's turn our hearts towards Jesus today and say, Jesus, would you speak into the worries, the anxieties, the fears that I hold on to? Jesus, let me hear your voice speaking this morning. It's really important. Jesus addresses it so many times that it's so essential that we hear him. When Jesus uh, talks about worry, he uses the Greek word merimneo, merimneo. The way I remember it is like perimeo uh, peri from Nando's. Have you ever tried it? It's lovely. Perimeo. Perimneo <laughs> is the Greek word here. And it means the destructive nature of worry. 
the destructive nature of worry. It's like everything is being pulled apart, ripped apart, torn into pieces. And I don't know about you, but when I begin to worry, when I begin to fear, I feel like I'm in bits. I use that phrase of myself, I'm in bits. I've been torn apart. I've been shredded. There's nothing left. I feel like I'm all over the place. This is the Greek word for worry, to be torn apart, to be ripped into. It's the exact opposite of the word shalom. Do you know when we use the word shalom, my neighbors greet me with shalom all the time. It's their word to say hello. Shalom, they say. But the word shalom is the, is the Hebrew word for peace. And it means when everything holds together, everything is perfectly as it should be. All held together, nothing broken, nothing missing. Worry is the exact opposite of peace. The exact opposite of shalom. Everything seems like it's falling apart. Do you know those feelings? Do you know those feelings where it feels like everything around you is beginning to collapse? And this is what worry does. It draws our attention to stuff and we begin to see everything like it's breaking up around us. What are you worried about at the moment? What is consuming your thoughts? What are the burdens upon your heart? There's lots to be fearful of at the moment. There's lots to be worried about at this time, isn't there? The threat of war, sickness and death. The cost of fuel, the increases in the cost of fuel uh, and food. Gas prices are set to double in October. It's pretty harrowing for some amongst us. Cost of inflation on food. I saw a statistic that says by springtime, the cost of food will have increased 20%. There is lots to be fearful of. And Jesus says this in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Let me just set this in the context. Who is Jesus speaking to? This is Jesus speaking to his guys, his disciples. And they have given up everything in order to follow Jesus. They've laid down all that they have in pursuit of him. They've given up their source of income that would have enabled them to purchase food and to purchase clothing. They've devoted all of their time exclusively to Jesus. And so they have no time to plant and to to gather crops in order for them to be able to feed themselves. They have no time to make or to mend clothes. Wherever Jesus goes, they go. They have nothing. And so now they enter the category of the super poor. They really do have nothing. Without Jesus, they have loads to worry about. But here Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Don't be torn apart. Don't be in bits. Don't feel like it's all up in the air. Jesus says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And of course, we know when life is going well, when, you've, when it's all working as it should work, We all know that life is more than clothes and food. As much as we might like food and as much as we might like clothes, as much as you can have the finest pizza from the Heatons, we know that life is more than these things. But let's just take a moment about what Jesus refers to when he talks about life. Let's look at this word, life. What is life? Real life, true life. What does Jesus mean by this word, life? 
Because if we can understand the nature of us and who we are and what makes us up, then maybe we can better understand what he's getting at here. When Jesus talks about life, he uses the word shukar, shukar, which means breath or soul. Let me just take you back to the beginning of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 2. It says this in verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The man became a shukar. The man came alive. The man was given life. We are God-breathed souls, God-formed beings. We are God-given existences. And this is not just Adam. This is each of us. We are considered God-made. We are his handiwork. We are knit together by him, and God has breathed into each of us. His breath ensouls us. So the way I see it is this. If we are God-breathed, then our lives are his responsibility. We are not to worry about our lives. God is to worry about our lives because we are his. And he's breathed into us life. He has made us alive and therefore it's God who is able to worry about it. He's able, God is able to say to each of us, don't worry about your life because I am the giver of life. Don't worry about your life because I'm the one who creates this all. I've got you. And this is awesome. We are not animals. We've been given the breath of God, which is different, which sets us apart from all the other beasts around us. I was just trying to explain this to Alfie on the way to football the other day. He's like, is there going to be dogs in heaven? And I'm like, oh, no. Next, it'll be the rabbit. Will our rabbit, when he dies, will he be in heaven and all that lot? And I was trying to say, we are different animals. There might be animals in heaven, but they don't get there the same way that we do because we are created beings who God has breathed into and given soul to. Jesus is saying, don't worry about your life. Yeshua, because the breath of God is in you, so I've got you. I've got you. I created you, and I have got you. You are mine. Therefore, don't worry about your life, because life comes from God. We are more than animals. In verse 26, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not much, are you not much more valuable than they? How much more valuable are you than the birds of the air? Don't worry. Look at the rat, look around you. I love birds. Our family loves to look at birds all the time. We're trying to work out what birds they are. We love birds, but God loves us far, far more than the birds around us. And they have enough. So don't worry, God will provide. And we're not like the rest of nature. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, the greatest, richest of all the kings, dressed in all his splendor, was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith we are god 
breathed. How much more will he clothe us than he clothes the beautiful fields? Imagine wandering around the spring sort of fields and seeing stuff begin to grow. I love the wildflowers that I pass on the way to work that sort of exist down the, the central reservation of the roads. I love it to see wildflowers. They're beautiful in all their differences and all their color, but yet more splendid than Solomon but yet God provides for us because he is the giver of life the sustainer of life and he breathes into us we are not the animals we are not the fields we are something greater and we're not like the rest of the world so don't worry saying what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them We are different from the world around us. Why? Because we have got a heavenly father. We are his children. Jesus responds to their worries with a reminder of who they are. When we worry, we need to be reminded of who we are. We are God-breathed and we are his children. He is our Father, and we are welcomed into the most intimate of relationships with him. I was uh, once invited to take part in the, uh, I don't know what they call it when they, when they bring a new vicar in, like an inauguration, or a, I don't know what it's called. And, uh, uh, and because I had to play a part in the service, I had to wait at the very back and process down with the bishop at the front and then the new vicar and then the wardens were at the back and then there was me and, uh, and this, um, another person from the diocese. And uh, this guy at the back with me, this person from the diocese, appeared to be wearing um, some makeup and, uh, and it was a bit unusual and it caught us off guard. And he's a man, sorry. He, was, he is a man and he's... That's an important element. He's a man and he's wearing makeup. And it's all a bit like, what's going on? And, uh, and this warden, right, walks up to him. She, she is like a local, like, salt of the earth type. And she says to this guy, are you wearing makeup? And this, this man said, I do not know why you think you can ask me such a question. And I would appreciate it if you referred to me as father. And she, with all her kind of local sass, turned to him and went, I don't think so, mate. (laughs) She says, I've got two dads. I've got me dad dad. And I've got me father in heaven. And you're neither. (laughs) I'm not calling you dad. And I just loved it that she just knew her identity. I know from where I came. I know who my dad is, but I know who my father is. And I know my father in heaven. And I just love it that it was so important to her. I'm not going to call anybody by any other name. I'm not calling anyone else dad because that is a special relationship between him and me. We have a dad and he's a good dad, a good father. And he gets us. And he's promising to provide for us. We have a God who feeds us. We have a God who clothes us because he knows us. He knows our needs. And we have to trust him. When worry begins to sneak into our minds, when we begin to fear the things around us, we have to remember, my dad knows me. 
my dad knows me intimately and he knows what I need and he will provide. We're told not to worry about that which the world worries about. Don't worry about stuff. Don't run after things, but seek what your dad loves. Seek the things of our father. Seek the things of the king. Seek the things of the kingdom, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. I learned this verse as a kid, but I learned it wrong. I always thought the verse was, seek first the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom, it's his kingdom. And who is he? He's my dad. He's my father. The one who breathes life into me and separates me from the animals. Thinks I'm more precious than the birds. Thinks I'm more precious than the fields and the flowers. He's my dad and it's his kingdom. And when we love him, we begin to love what he loves. He says, seek first my kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom. What is his kingdom? What is the kingdom of God that we keep going on about? What is this great thing that we're to set our hearts on? Well, the apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church and it says this in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to seek after right living. We're supposed to seek after the peace of heaven. We're supposed to seek after a deep joy, which is not happiness, the happiness of the world, but this is deep joy, a joy from God himself. Seek after this kingdom. You know what the antidote to worry is? Seeking after God. When we realize we are God made, when we realize that we are more than the animals and more than the flowers of the field, we realize we are made for more, made for the things of God. When we realize we're God made, we realize we're made for the things of God. Worry will undermine our true identity. Worry will cause us to doubt God's intention for us. Worry will distance us from our Father and leave us trying to provide for ourselves. Do you know that? When everything begins to feel like it's being torn apart and you're trying to keep everything together, it's like herding cats because your worries seem to be going everywhere. We begin to try and make a way for ourselves, don't we? If I can just hold this together, if I could just work a little bit extra, if I could just, if I could just, and we're trying to hold it all together. Worry will distance us from the truth of who we are. Distance us from our true identity. And Jesus calls us back. He says, don't worry. You weren't made for this. You weren't made for worry. Let God take care of you. Let God worry about the things that he has got control of. Instead, seek to live right. Are you seeking to live in the ways of Christ? Are you seeking to imitate him? Are you finding ways to become more and more Christ-like? Seek righteousness, the righteousness of the kingdom. Are you seeking peace? Are you a pursuer of peace? 
it's tricky. Our neighbours had a party last night and it went from like eight and it was still going when we woke up this morning at six and all the way through the night there was noise. Was I full of peace? <laughs> I don't think I was. <laughs> Am I seeking first the kingdom of God, his peace? Do I want to be a pursuer of peace and, and, and all that comes with that? Do I want to be someone who pursues joy, seeking after joy, the joy of God? Not the superficial happiness of the world, which is found in great pizza or nice clothes. No offense, this is not about you guys. I apologize. <laughs> we'll address it later. Superficial happiness is not what we're called to. We're called to find our joy in Christ. When we come back and are reminded about the lengths in which he went to in order to bring us in. We're going to do communion later where we remember again the cross. Remember again his sacrifice for us. We remember him nailed to the cross, taking our place and taking our sin. And this should be something that stirs great joy within us. Seek after the things of the kingdom. Seek after the joy that is found only in him. And that's the truth. When we're seeking the kingdom, we're seeking Christ himself. We're seeking the great king, the king of his kingdom, who is righteousness and he's our righteousness. What's beautiful is that when we talk about being clothed, being worrying about the clothes on our back. Actually, there's going to be a day when we will be clothed by Christ himself in his righteousness because of all that he did on the cross for us. There is a day when we won't need to worry about food. In the kingdom to come, we're told Christ has gone ahead of us to prepare a place, to prepare a banquet. The food to come is better from the pizza than the pizza from the Heatons. It's wonderful. Oh, I've done it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> In Christ, in Christ is all that we need. Pursue Christ and his kingdom. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. He is our joy. This is what we are called to do. <coughs> and what a wonderful promise. With every command, there seems to be a promise in the Bible. Our command is not to worry. Let God worry about those things. With the command not to worry comes a promise and all these things will be given to you as well. What a wonderful promise. Let me worry about all the stuff. Let me worry about provision. Let me worry about food and clothing. Let me worry about these things, Jesus says. But let me just remind you that I'm going to take care of it. I'll provide what you need. I'll give you food when you're hungry, new clothes when you need them, because I am the one who provides. The great provider is Christ. And so as I finish, I just was aware this morning, I was just thinking about that verse from 1 Peter chapter 5 that says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's the verse that kept going around as I was finishing off my talk this morning. I'm just aware that each of us carries anxieties. Each of us carries worries, things that we just are really struggling with. And I feel like the Lord just wants to remind us again today, give them to me. 
Come and give them to me. Cast your cares. Throw your cares, your worries, your anxieties and your fears upon me. Why? Because I care for you. I love you dearly. He's our dad. He's our father, our good father. The sustainer and giver of life. The provider of all we need. And today he says, just hand over your worries.